Yep. We're just a big, happy little family over here. Oh, that's sweet. It's good. It seems like you guys balance Lauren out, so. Oh. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. We are your three favorite booksellers. I'm Rose. I'm Carlos. And I'm Lauren. And today we also have a very special guest with us. We have Christian from the It Can't Be That Bad podcast. Hi, hello. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is exciting. You're so welcome. Introduce yourself a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, My name is Christian Baltazar. I have a bad movie podcast uh, with my homie Alejandro, who cannot make it. He's not dead. He's just not here. Um, (laughs) He's just fake. This is exciting. I mean, like I've never done a book podcast before. It's actually been more than four years since I've completed a book. So thank you guys. (gasps) We feel so honored. Wait, that's so exciting. Yeah. And I didn't realize I like books this much because prior (gasps) it was kind of like a burden. Like there was this pocket of time where I would go into a coffee shop and I would read and that was back in 2019 when i last finished the book and that was really nice and then uh yeah i never read another book up until now and i actually really enjoyed this experience so thank you that is the best news ever are we turning you into a book girly kind of uh i'm starting a book club with some friends now so you guys could uh, pat yourselves on the back wait are you really no i'm serious yeah we're gonna read the the silent patient after this now and then we're gonna have like a weekly meetings that was almost one of our options for this episode (laughs) yeah so i've heard i was like okay i borrowed the book in preparation because i i uh, lauren was telling me that we might do it and i was like okay but i'm super happy went with this yeah me too it was more so because the silent patient just seemed very like base level and then i remember rose has been talking about how riley sager's books are very like not necessarily super controversial but they're very like hit or miss with a lot of people either they love them or they hate them so i was like i feel like this is a good author to choose from and this was just yeah the most recent book that they came out with so because prior to this um riley sager came out with what's what's on the front of this book the house across the lake and then i have a friend reading uh survive the night which sounds like a crazy title that sounds scary as hell so i think rose read that one didn't you read survive the night survive the night is the one i have not read actually i read house across the lake survive the night has been like his most hated book actually yes it's like his most hated book but some people like some people will ride or die for riley sager and all his books i just haven't read it yet so i don't know but i loved house across the lake a lot of people also hated that one but (laughs) i don't care (laughs) and i think it's maybe my second mystery thriller ever what yeah i don't think i've read that many i feel like same yeah so The book that we are covering today is going to be The Only One Left by Riley Sager. And it says here, at 17, Lenora Hope hung her sister with a rope. Now reduced to a schoolyard chant, the Hope family murders shocked the main coast one bloody night in 1929. Stabbed her father with a knife, took her mother's happy life. It's now 1983, and home health aide Kit McDear arrives at decaying Hope's end to care for Lenora after her previous nurse fled in the middle of the night. In her 70s and confined to a wheelchair, Lenora was rendered mute by a series of strokes and can only communicate communicate with Kit by tapping out sentences on an old typewriter. One night, Lenora uses it to make a tantalizing offer. I want to tell you everything. Kit starts to suspect Lenora might not be telling the complete truth and that the seemingly harmless woman in her care could be far more dangerous than she first thought. Yeah, it's very Lizzie Borden type of vibes that it was trying to give. Like, did she do it? Did she not do it? Why did she do it? And there were so many twists. So many twists. I couldn't keep up. I just could not believe any word that was coming out of uh, (laughs) this book because I was like, this is going to end up not being true. (laughs) So why should I believe any word? It had probably like five main plot twists at the end. Yeah, it was like reveal, reveal, plot twist, reveal. I was exhausted at the end. (laughs) It was too much. It kind of reminded me of um, Agatha Christie's And Then There Were None. Okay. More a modern day writing of that. It wasn't as lyrically written because I feel like Agatha Christie writes very like 
poetic sort of you know i also hate her writing oh my gosh carlos thank you thank you i mean i've only read murder on the orient express and i did not like it you've got to read and then there were none no agatha christie haters unite (laughs) (laughs) what the hell is going on does this typically happen yes no they normally double team on me i feel like i feel like we go back and forth a lot it's normally never like 1v1v1 it's always Mm. two people that team up against (laughs) one person (laughs) that makes it way more fun yeah i'm for it it really depends on the book and the vibe but yeah Yeah. and it's always very polarizing like it's never just here and there it's like you're stupid Glad you guys have like great communication with each other. So that's good. Uh, you know, it's just transparency. I do yeah. have to ask, um, since you guys are way more experienced of readers than me, uh, did you guys like this book? Because I got to get the feel, you know, I like do I like this book only because I'm inexperienced and mm. I'm just like getting back into the game or like what is there's there just something wrong with me? What's going on? Well, I want to hear from Rose since she has the most experience reading mystery thrillers. Um, I did not hate this book. I will start with that. <clears throat> I did not hate this book. However, did I enjoy my time reading this? Not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I I was a bit bored throughout the book. What? The the different reveals and plot twists. Even though this is a genre like I love and I love Riley Sager books because he is just like writes the most outrageous plot twists ever, but I feel like most of the time they're explained in a good way. But these plot twists, I was like, there was just no time to even make them believable. Kind of like Christian was saying earlier, like, you can't believe anything. I had no time to breathe. Exactly. Like, I couldn't process, oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. Like, I didn't feel mind blown at the plot twist. And I feel like that's what a plot twist is supposed to do, is, like, make you go, oh, my gosh, it makes sense. (laughs) Because it was quite the opposite. It was like, oh, my gosh, it doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> I I really, I mean, was it my favorite book of this year? No, but I I enjoyed it. I liked kind of the slow buildup, and I feel like there was enough kind of not necessarily straight up spooky things that were happening, but definitely kind of like just uncomfortable. You know, the the moments where Kit would be in her room and she would hear people in Lenora's room. And she was like, but Lenora can't fucking walk. Like, what's going on? And she would go in there and it would be empty. So I was like, okay, that's kind of like, ooh, chills, chilies, chilly willies. So what were you guys thinking? Was there was there like a moment for you guys when you thought that, okay, this is kind of crossing that boundary of supernatural like is there gonna be a ghost the only part that i maybe thought it could be like getting paranormal was when her and jesse were doing the ouija board but then it was revealed that jesse was just fucking with her and i was like okay that's that's fair but at first i was like wait what is it gonna turn into a ghost story i honestly thought it was gonna be a twist like have any of you seen the scary movie the boy yeah exactly yeah no but i know the plot twist of that Uh... i thought that uh virginia hope was up in them walls wait i feel like that would have been way better (laughs) it would have been way better right it's a better plot twist let's rewrite the book once again (laughs) (laughs) we're always rewriting books we're like no 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 let us tell you how we think this was better and we're gonna send you our notes thanks (laughs) yeah i feel like if it had that plot twist from the boy everything was just adding up to be that way because i'm like how is she there and then suddenly not like her traveling through the walls and shit just made sense there were there a few plot twists that you actually enjoyed because i only just stopped enjoying it after maybe the uh, 13th plot twist i did there was one that i was like oh okay because i kind of saw it coming kind of didn't but i was like oh yeah that i feel like that one was like oh wow you know exactly exactly <laughs> that <laughs> let's talk about our main character first let's kind of get into who she is and okay. why we even found her in this spot to begin with uh i have to preface by saying the the first 15 pages i thought uh, our main character was 
a man because it's oh. written by like Riley Sager. And so I was, you know, me being an inexperienced reader, I'm thinking, okay, Riley's a, a, a guy. I thought he was writing in uh, the perspective of a man. And it wasn't until like I had a, until like Kenny came around and I was like, oh, and I, you know, they started talking about it more. I was like, okay, so Kit is a, is a woman. And I didn't know that. Um, but Kit is a caretaker who in the beginning of the book, we don't know exactly what she did. We know that she had done something so that she had gone suspended for about what six months or something like that. And she was trying to get her job back from Mr. Gerlane. I don't know. I was curious the entire time as to what she did. And I think that they did a pretty decent job of kind of like slowly laying it on. I don't know. She was like a caretaker slash mini detective in this entire book. Very Nancy Drew. But then so was the other caretaker that Lenora had. Like she Mary. also, was yeah little detective i mean i feel like that makes sense though because if you're caring for someone that is accused of killing their entire family you're gonna want to do some digging yourself like yeah. personally i totally would and especially if you realize that they can type and they're like i want to tell you everything come on kit was very patient if lenora can only type with her left hand and kit has to hold the shift <laughs> key and just stay awake for hours and hours on end for six sentences, then that, you know. <laughs> I liked how Kit's whole backstory is like, yeah, me and Lenora, we're, we're kind of twinsies because we're both suspected of, you know, super murdering people. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm going to need more <laughs> than this. And they mm -hmm. just kept teasing it and teasing it and teasing it. And I mean, I feel like we can do the spoiler. The patient yeah. ends up being her mom. She was suspected of uh, killing her mom. That was a crazy plot twist. I, I was not expecting that. I was, I was actually yeah. in the room with Lauren when I learned that it was her mom because I was listening to it on audiobook at work and I, I like gasped and she thought I was choking. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, it, that, that was a good plot twist. I did like that. And then it gave more insight to why the dad was so kind of cold towards Kit. He was standoffish. Yeah, definitely. Because it's like, oh, you aren't just suspecting that your daughter may have killed someone, but it's literally your wife in question. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that makes more sense. So I will say that the writing did a good job of building up the stakes, right? Just slowly mm -hmm. and slowly and slowly. Okay, Kit, uh, Kit's last patient uh, died. Okay, Kit's last patient uh, was her mom. Oh, it's potential that everyone's thinking that everyone thought that uh, Kit killed her mom. And so that's a, I don't know, that made it more and more intense. So that was good. There's also the reason why it was giving me very, um, and then there were none vibes was, I mean, it's a house on a cliffside that is full of a bunch of different characters, right? Everybody has kind of their own little quirky personalities we've got jesse who doesn't she have like colorful hair or something like yeah that? she's got like pink or blue hair something like that and you know for this being in the late 80s early 90s i think it's 1983 yeah 80s yeah that's more of a you know definitely unique thing for that time for you to have like colored hair so she's very like eccentric and she's different she's a different girl and um, Carter is the young guy. What do, what's his job again? Is he a gardener? He's like the groundskeeper. Mrs. Baker, who's kind of just like the overall overseer of the home. She's not like a maid or anything, right? She's just kind of like. No, she just like tells people what to do, I feel like. <laughs> she cooks, doesn't she? I don't think she cooks. That was Archie. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mary was the previous caregiver that had left a week ago without grabbing any of her stuff which is really suspicious yeah left all her clothes everything and then mrs baker has been there forever since the beginning yeah she was with the original family so was archie mrs baker was there before the murders she was the etiquette teacher for the mm. hope sisters was what it was i honestly could not keep up with all the characters <laughs> i would forget who they were i was really trying to so i'm pretty notorious for reading a paragraph and it not sticking it just being words right and so knowing that i had to do this on a podcast with experienced readers i felt the pressure i was like christian you better remember every single that's why i said 1983 very confident earlier <laughs> <laughs> because I did the math. 
They they kept on saying the murders that happened 54 years ago, and they kept on saying the murders <laughs> oh that happened on 1929. 29 plus 54 equals 83. 1983, baby. And so that's how I know. Um, Great math. And it's been it's not like you guys are reading books at such a, a faster pace and like more throughout the year, right? This is my first book in like. <laughs> four years and so this, it's gonna stick a little more easily so i love the attention to detail i'm trying thank you and so basically shit hits the fan when i think isn't it like a week later that they find mary's body at the bottom of the cliffs yeah because did she find her suitcase or something at the bottom first and then they found her body no they never found the suitcase oh they just saw her arms sticking out of the sand yeah kit was just chilling on the terrace you know just enjoying the the nighttime just, just enjoying outside and uh she thought she'd seen some i think rocks down below but instead of it being rocks it was just an entire human body and this is like her third day in what, mm -hmm. what blows my mind is the way that this is written makes it feel like Kit has been at this mansion, working at this mansion for weeks, right? She's getting to know so much information about Lenora Hope uh, and everyone else at uh, Hope's End. But <laughs> when she's talking to uh, Detective Vic, oh, there's another character, Detective Vic. Oh, yeah. She's only like, he says, wow, it's only been three days since you worked here and you've discovered a, a potential murder or a dead body. And she's like, yeah. Which their relationship was so interesting to me because for a man that literally was questioning you is actively trying to put you in jail for the murder of your mother, like she was so comfy going to him with any of her information. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, girl. And he also gave her a lot of information that I feel like should not be giving out to just like a girl. Like she's literally like, who is she to be giving this information? I, th I thought that was so weird. It was a toxic relationship because she knew that, I don't know, every single time she would call for help and he would come through, she w her internal thoughts are, oh, my God, like everything hurts because you're reminding me of my guilty past. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> or And her internal thoughts are always like, I want to tell you, but I don't know if I should give away that much or else it's going to make me seem guilty. It's just like, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> right. Mixed signals all the way. Yeah. I will say I loved the flashbacks. Um, sometimes it was a little bit hard to keep up with, but learning about Lenora, her sister, Virginia, and her mom and her dad, like that whole family dynamic, that for me is what really kept me gripped. Cause I'm like, wow, this dad is a piece of shit. He is like oh sleeping with all these maids and he's like paying them off to have abortions, which is just insane right and the mom is like you can tell not super happy pretty sure like everyone has a drinking problem yeah and one of the sisters was like kind of mean and pretentious right supposedly virginia virginia right um <laughs> not with rose's face just <laughs> just really giving a lot of stuff away for listeners that's gonna be funny later i promise <laughs> asterisk come back to that <laughs> supposedly virginia <laughs> and then back back in the day when the hope family was still living there we had ricardo what was his position at the house? He was a worker. I forget what he did, though. I don't know. Just a fucking uh, womanizer. <laughs> a woman, Literally a womanizer. I think he might have been a groundskeeper during that time. Oh, yeah. He was the groundskeeper. Yeah, because his, his wife was a, a maid? Or... Yes. Because Ricardo Mayhew was the groundskeeper. And then after Ricardo, after Ricardo had supposedly gone up and disappeared after the night of the murders, uh, there was another guy that took his place who would frequent the bar that Carter worked at, which is how Carter got the job. So, And uh, Ricky is a character, but I forget what his job as well at the house was. Or was he just a boy? Is Ricky not Ricardo? Ricky is here. I'm gonna do what Rose did. I'm gonna do what Rose did. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky was Ricardo. <laughs> Supposedly, Ricky was is Ricardo. Allegedly. Asterisk. Let's come back to that. Right, right. Again, that's gonna be so funny later. Um, <laughs> Ricky, also known as Ricardo, was the groundskeeper. 
and he was having a fun, silly, goofy little affair with Lenora. Dude, this book is so hard to write about. <laughs> I'm like, um, at this point, <laughs> uh, I can't keep up. I really can't. I know. I feel like a lot of it flew over my head. <laughs> <laughs> I think because I was doing audio at two times two point five. Because I thought we were going to record on Thursday, and I had four hours left on the audio, so I sped that shit up. So it was just words. Just words. So yeah, and I might have fallen asleep for like 10 minutes, (laughs) twice, but it's fine. I think I got got the main gist of the story. Right. Yeah. There was... There was a pregnancy. There was a pregnancy. Lenora and Ricky. And Lenora kept showing, obviously. And so, but everyone in the house was like, God, this bitch is getting fat. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Which is crazy. I know. Yeah. And the dad's like, we're going to restrict your food. And she's like, I've got to nourish this baby I'm growing. So she literally had to like get people to sneak her food. Um, so eventually, uh, Lenora had run into, you know, she was hearing weird noises, uh, in the sunroom and she said, oh, it just sounds like my, my father's wrestling someone on the pool table, on the pool table. <laughs> and then she goes into the sunroom and she catches, uh, yeah, her dad, uh, fornicating with none other than, uh, Miss Baker. And she decides to have this deal with Miss Baker saying, Hey, I know you don't want your secret out. I know you're getting paid to not. Uh, tell anyone that you're having sex with my father so i'm gonna tell you my little secret as collateral um here i'm pregnant and so miss baker was like that's crazy and miss <laughs> baker was like okay i'm gonna go and bring you some food every night because your dad's putting you on this strict diet and so that was their little thing and then fast forward to when she actually has the baby and the dad is like, Which was crazy. no way are you putting shame on this family name. Like, you are lucky I don't throw it over the balcony. And Miss Baker is like, give me it. Give me that baby. It gave me like um, from Vampire Diaries, you know, Catherine when she had her baby. <gasps> yeah. It gave me those like vibes. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so sad. It was so sad. She couldn't even hold her baby. But, um, Carter, can we talk about him, his real reason for being? Yes. He thought that he could be Lenora Hope's grandson. And he wants to inherit everything, right? Yeah, because he thought like his dad was that baby and he never really knew his his actual father. I don't know. There was like some lore that there was a baby left at a church and he believed that baby to be his dad. At this point, do we know who the dad is? Not yet. This okay. is like earlier on in the book. So when this happens, uh, when rec- uh, when Carter's thinking that he might be the potential grandson of Lenora, uh, this is when Kit is getting the suspicion like, oh my gosh, is this why? It, it, maybe Mrs. Baker is the one that pushed Mary off the cliff because if Mrs. Baker's hanging around to uh, get entitlement of the house, it comes to fruition that Carter's, you know, the next person that's going to get the house. I'm going to kill Mary, who has the blood sample of uh, Lenora or Carter. I can't remember who to prove that they are actually related. So, yeah, she pulled both of their blood samples because Lenora had the the needle mark. The bruise, yeah. yeah, she still mm-hmm. had the bruise. So Kit was like kind of putting everything together like, oh, OK, so Mary was really out here doing some some full on recon for the situation. But then, yeah, it's the question of did she find out too much and someone pushed her? They made it a point to say that, hey, this this cliff is real crooked and the, these railings are so low. Yeah, the underlying like plot of or the underlying problem of everything, like the cliff, that was a big character in the story. <laughs> yeah, right from the beginning. <laughs> the cliff, just the, the crooked floor is <laughs> just the big character. <laughs> The main antagonist. I'm feeling woozy. (laughs) Woozy? (laughs) Well, and that begs the question of, Carter, why the fuck do you want this house? It's literally falling apart. Like, even the cliff is, like, literally breaking down. Like, why do you want this home? In your mind, what does Carter look like? Because the way that Kit describes him is this this huge hunk of meat, is this guy that just... uh... I'm thinking about, have you guys seen um, Napoleon Dynamite? Yes. Yeah. Do you guys remember the uncle that was super good at 
<laughs> at middle school football that can't let go of his past. That's what Carter looks like in my mind. <laughs> Carter peaked in high school. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm thinking because now he's just a sad alcoholic. I'm going to be real. I was picturing Nick Carter. Nick Carter? Nick Carter? Who's Nick Carter? <laughs> There's no way. 2000s, baby. <laughs> Wait, is he a, he's a singer? Yeah. yeah. Oh, his spouse's name is Lauren Kitt. <laughs> Lauren and then Kit from the book. Look, it works out. Nick Carter was in the only one left. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't picture anyone for Carter. He was just a ghost. Like what? <laughs> just a blank face. Just like a yeah, just like a blob. Think generic <laughs> man, and that's Carter. <laughs> Does that happen typically for you when you're reading books? Like you should, your imagination should be heightened, right? I usually don't picture characters' faces. Like dreams, like in dreams. Okay. It's just a blur. I don't know. I pictured everyone, since I watch a lot of movies, every single person was a, a character or an actor from a movie. Who was Kit? Kit was Florence Pugh. <laughs> really? <laughs> but I just watched Oppenheimer, so her face is kind of like burned into my subconscious. I pictured her as Jesse Spano from Saved by the Bell. That was, I love that. That was who I like was like... Yeah. I pictured Kit the American Girl doll. That's very odd. That's a weird I... why you that because of the name, I'm assuming, right? Well, yeah, obviously. Okay. This is giving Kit. Right? That's giving a doll. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm seeing is an inanimate. Okay, this is look, this is her in her little caretaker outfit. There she is. Literally Kit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Please. So I wasn't so far off, okay? And I don't want to get lost in this, but I did picture Jesse as uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's the girl from Scott Pilgrim versus the World with the <gasps> colored hair. Oh, I love her. I love a good uh, fantasy cast. And I don't want to get further lost into it, but I did picture Mrs. Baker as um, homegirl from Harry Potter that puts hats on people so they know what house they're in. McGonagall? McGonagall. <laughs> Not the bitch that puts hats on people. What? She has a way more important job than that. That is the professor of transfiguration. You watch your damn mouth. It's okay, but guess what? Uh, part of her job description is putting hats on people and they find out what house they're part of. So It's just one hat. It's just one specific <laughs> hat. You're right. Just one singular hat. Anyways. Anyway, let's move on. Let's Let's spoil one thing. Okay. Carter is not the grandchild of Lenora, but at first, Kit, when she finds, she's driving somewhere with Carter, and then she's like super suspicious that he was the one mm. that did something. That pushed Mary, right? He didn't want the world to find out that he's not actually the grandson and that he won't get the money, so. She like kicks him out. Of a moving vehicle. Get out of my car, like. Has a corkscrew. Oh, yeah. Has his corkscrew to his side and says, get the fuck out of my car, you serial killer. <laughs> exactly like that. <laughs> and he's like, what did I do? You told me to get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and as she's driving and as he's trying to explain himself or she's trying to explain something to him, at some point, she's just like, oh, you're the killer. <laughs> Which, yeah. yeah, that part was just kind of wild. And then he's like running after the car like, Kit, wait. <laughs> Let me explain. She kicked him out maybe three houses down from where she lived. Literally. <laughs> he was able to catch up and started knocking on her door right as she closed it. But it's hilarious because like almost immediately after she's like, oh, it wasn't him. Oopsies. She goes to try to find him again, right? Yes. When she goes driving back to the house, she's like, oh, maybe he walked back. In a healthy fashion, he cuts ties with her at the end of the book, and he's like, "I'm gonna go live my life because you're, you're not good for my mental health right now." So boundaries. Yes, Carter setting boundaries. There you go. Kit at one point to get more information, uh, she finds these checks that are going to this nursing home, and she's like, "Why is Mrs. Baker?" sending these checks to this nursing home like isn't everyone here like lenore is here why would that need to happen well we find out that ricky's wife is still alive and well 
being treated in this nursing home. Mm -hmm. So Kit goes there and she lies to the receptionist, says that she's there to like run some tests. It'll only take five minutes and eventually is let in because the receptionist is like, whatever, just go. You said you're going to be quick. And she starts talking to uh, Ricky's wife to get some information. What was her name? Bernice. And she's like, yeah, I always knew that little twerp was fucking my husband. I always knew. Kit says, hey, uh, Lenore is still alive. And Bernice is like, really? That sucks. And Kit, <laughs> Kit says she's fully paralyzed. And Bernice says she deserves it. So we really get how Bernice feels about Lenore at this point. She's not hiding it. Dude, and Bernice is giving her so much information here. So much info. Yeah. I think this was where we get... The first plot twist, I think we can talk about it now that we've gotten to this point because Bernice says something about, uh, yeah, I knew as soon as Ricky saw those blue eyes and Kit's like, oh, why did he even catch that? But Lenora has green eyes and she's like picturing the portraits in the hall uh, yeah i'm hearing this for the first time <laughs> oh <laughs> carlos is like oh my gosh and then what happened <laughs> oh my god i completely missed that kit is fully like ding light bulb goes on so she goes back to the house and that's the time in between where she talks doesn't she talk to the detective again because he comes in i think they like he comes uh -huh. in and like drags her out yeah because the receptionist is like actually i did call your company and they don't know who the fuck you are so the detective is like kit this just isn't looking good girl like what are you doing what a coincidence that it's the same detective yeah they just keep calling him but he's maybe he's like taking the calls. It's a it's a small town. That's why. And you know this guy's old. If he was there for the first murder, yeah. this guy's old. I don't know how he's getting to these places real fast. He's spry. <laughs> but then, so she talks to him about it, and he's like, "Girl, go take a nap, have a drink, something. <laughs> like you're wilding out here." And she's like, "I, I've got to go. I've just got to go." She goes back to the house. She finds Mrs. Baker, just her and her drinking problem. She's drinking some wine in the kitchen. And super nonchalantly, Kit goes, yeah, Lenora, Virginia's doing fine upstairs. Do you remember how else she finds out about that? It's because uh, Kit is just, after uh, she visits Ocean View, the nursing home, she goes back to the library and she checks the urns. So she checks- yep. The dad's oh, urn, right. there's ashes. She checks the mom's urn, there's ashes. She checks Virginia's urn, there's no ashes. And then that's when she rushes to the kitchen to see uh, drunk Mrs. Baker and says, hey, what's up, Lenora? And I thought it was a typo. I was, I had to read oh, that. No. <laughs> I was like, that's a heavy accusation. What are we, got, what are we getting at here? Yeah, and well, who we now know is Virginia kept saying like my sister my sister in her little yeah. letter diary entry things yeah that was i will say that's the one plot twist i was like yeah that was impressive yeah that was that was a good one i will say i feel like i would have liked the plot twist more if lenora was actually lenora but if Mrs. Baker was, was Virginia, Virginia. Yeah. it would have been way less confusing for me to follow if Lenora was still who she, we thought she was. But then, yeah, Virginia was the one. Because having having in my brain that Virginia was kind of the asshole and that Lenora yeah. was the one that was like pregnant and being picked on, to know that those two characters so suddenly switch yeah it just it was hard for my brain to like rewire that information yeah because you had to go back and think of everything that she had said about her sister yeah. and it's actually her there was so much information leaked just from what the five minutes that kit was chilling in the kitchen with uh who we now know as lenora and then archie comes from the shadows and leaks so much more information because kit's like wait so you're telling me that it wasn't Ricardo Mayhew that committed the murders. How do you know this? And then Archie from the shadows is just like, because he was with me. 
<laughs> he was with me the entire time. Yeah. I'm gay, girl. I'm gay. <laughs> yeah, Kit was like, he was with you how? He said, we were lovers. <laughs> we're going to move to California because they tolerate it. You know, it's just like, it's uh, it was crazy. Oh and then, you know, God. at that point, that's when Kit was like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to call my dad. I'm going to say, hey. Both of the Hope sisters are still alive. Can I come home, Dad? And he says, yes, of course. And isn't that where we get the backstory, too, that she she took on the persona of a Mrs. Baker because after Virginia had her baby, Miss Baker, the real Miss Baker, takes the baby and they go away because the baby is uh, going to be kept safe with Miss Baker. So now that she's not a person anymore, Lenora is just like, all right, fucking Lenora. You're Lenora now, Virginia. Hey, Lenora and me, Mrs. Baker. Dude, that's so messed up. What an awful sister. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. She found her sister hanging and was like, oh, she's probably dead. I'm not going to take her down. Yeah, I'm not going to cut her down. I'm Literally. just going to assume she's dead. Yeah, she's dead. Hey, girl. And then later on, the after the police come, she's they find out she's not dead. After six months, she's paralyzed and with just her left hand working. She's like, okay, I want my life back. So I'm going to be Mrs. Baker. You're going to be... Uh, Lenora, and then I'm gonna go to France for two years. And then when she drives back home, right, is when we find out about her dad. Yeah, but wait, before we get into the dad, Carlos, do you remember the the sequence <laughs> yeah. of events of that night of the the dreaded night of all the murders? The night it happened. Do I? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Virginia. And Ricky are planning on running away together. So she's uh, getting all of her dresses in her suitcase. She's stuffing it in a suitcase. And as she's about to leave, uh, her sister Lenora is in, the, uh, is in the doorway. And she says, what are you doing? And Virginia says, I'm going to leave. And he says, and uh, Lenora says, with your man? And she says, yes. And then she reveals that she's pregnant. And she's like, oh, my God. Dad's not going to like this. And... Virginia says, please, sister, do not. Oh, this is actually when we find out about the switch, too, is that uh, when she's when Virginia's trying to leave, Lenora locks her in there. She says, we're going to play our favorite game, locks her in her room because they used to play that as kids. So fucked. That is awful. And she she says, please let me out, Lenora. And which I thought was a typo because I was like, what, what sister's which? And then after that happens, uh, she finds out that um, her dad isn't actually her dad. The mom had an affair with a different person, and she finds out that her and Virginia aren't full sisters. They're half-sisters. So that happens. And then, yeah, fucking Lenora just Cinderella's the fuck out of Virginia, locks her in a room so she can't see her Prince Charming, a.k.a. Ricky. Doesn't she have the baby when she's locked in the room? Yes. Because she's trying to tackle the door down, and then uh, her- She, like, goes into labor. <laughs> she goes into labor right there this is too much and then so everyone comes in as she's giving birth right and her dad comes in is not even chilling in the room and this is when um her sister when lenora goes downstairs to the kitchen to grab a knife to cut the umbilical cord which is where bernice sees her and uses that as blackmail to get paid a thousand dollars every month because it looks like uh, it looks like Lenora actually did the murder because she has she has blood on her from the birth and she get, she's getting a knife for the umbilical cord. Yes, I was like, I knew someone saw her like with blood on. And I was like, who was that? Okay. And then at this point, you can tell that Lenora regrets. She's saying like, yeah, even though I don't like my sister, I think she deserves to hold her baby at least once before it's taken away from her. Right. Mm -hmm. This is when it all gets crazy because after the baby gets taken away, that's when the, that's when, uh, Mr. Hope says, that's when Winston Hope says, give me that, take that baby away or I will take it away myself and throw it off the cliff, which is yes. so fucked up. Such a wild response to childbirth. And then Miss Baker takes away the baby and uh, Virginia wakes up in the middle of the night to and grabs a knife. Gra yeah, that's when she grabs the knife from the umbilical cord cutting and goes into her father's room or into the billiard room where she can hear Ricky 
talking to uh, her dad, right? Because I know that it's Ricky and um, Virginia that are talking to the dad, like, "Fuck you, we're leaving. We're we're piecing out because we're in love." Blah blah blah. And then at some point, the mom has to come in, but I can't remember when. It was in the middle of that argument. That's when Virginia is talking to her dad, and her dad says, "Oh, I'm gonna pay." Good old Ricky here, $50,000 to shut the fuck up and to leave and never speak of this baby ever again. And she says, is this true, Ricky? And Ricky says, yes, you know that this is really difficult for me. And that's when, uh, you know, she could feel the knife in her hand. But before she could do anything with it, her mom comes into the billiard room, takes the knife from Virginia. And then the dad says, hey, like, what are you doing with that knife? Like, and uh, the mom says, you're just going to pay off a guy again like you did with my love before you. Right. So Winston Hope says, like, hey, yeah, I could, I did this with your last lover. I could do it again. And that's when uh, Mrs. Hope loses it and goes and stabs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right in the side. Just stabs uh, Winston Hope in the side, and he hunches over the pool table and bleeds to death. So Virginia and Ricky were not in the room for that. At some point, they had left, and they were. It was when they were going up the stairs that they see the mom coming out of the room. Yeah, and she's got blood all over her because they find out that she stabbed the dad, but then she also stabbed herself in attempt to kill herself. But then it didn't work, so she was just like getting blood all over the stairs and struggling. And she was like, Ricky, here's the knife and my suffering. And Ricky's like, I don't think I can do that. Like, I'm not a killer. But then she just wants to die so bad that she's like, you're a piece (laughs) of shit. You suck. You're worthless. And Ricky's like, I'm upset. God. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. I would never be so insecure to the point like, what do you mean I can't stab you? I'm going to stab you. Literally like a scream movie. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, this is not the way to do it. So th- that was another plot twist was that there were multiple killers. Yeah. Doesn't Virginia take the knife and that's when she throws it off the the cliff because she doesn't want anything to come back to to him not even to just protect him but just if this has caused so much violence i don't want it to exist anymore right and then ricky just runs away he just runs away in the middle of the night and then she's like in distress like wow we were we were just gonna have this life together my whole family they're all dead i mean dude in the matter of maybe a few hours where she was picturing herself and ricky getting married you know before having the baby in the matter of a few hours, she has a baby. Both of her parents are dead. Her, uh, she lost the love of her of her life. No, ma- no, like no wonder she grabs the rope from the garage and try, uh, mm-hmm. tries to hang herself. Where, where's Lenora in all this? The house is obviously so big. She just like was yeah. somewhere else, and then that's when she like walks up the stairs and starts finding everybody. She's like, oh my god, there's my mom dead on the stairs goes into the billiard room where the tracks of blood are. And she's like, oh, my God, there's my dad on the billiard table, also dead. Mm -hmm. And then goes into, what was it, the ballroom or the dining room or whatever it was, um, where she sees Virginia hanging there. And that's when she calls the police. And the police are like, obviously, you you did this, you psychopath. So Lenore removed the chair so that to protect her sister, so... So she says, right? Right. Because if she committed suicide, then it looks like she was the murderer. But then like, that just made Lenora look like the murderer, right? And Lenora was like, I deserve this. Like, I deserve the the state and all of this, like, to make up for whatever. And it's like, girl. Ugh. Yeah, but she pays off the the doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. the coroner. Because yeah. he's like, hey, she's breathing. And she's like, no, she's not. And he's like... Yeah, she is. And she's like, do you want one of my dad's cars? And he's like, (laughs) she's dead. How many cars (laughs) does this family have? I mean, if he's rich, he probably has hella nice cars. Here, uh, take one of your pick. And then just shut the fuck up. Doesn't it turn out that they were actually not rich because he had to keep selling things or they had to keep selling things um, because they didn't have enough money? Yeah. 
there's something going wrong with his business. I don't know what he was doing, but there was something going wrong with it. Now, now the other big reveal will make sense. Yeah. When Kit finds all of this out, she drives to her dad's house, hence the part where, you know, she kicked Carter out and all that stuff. Because she goes in and she's like, she goes into her house, right? Her dad's not home. Even though she just called him. But because she called him and said, that's when she said that both sisters are still alive. And he's like, oh shit. And that's when he, I guess he leaves and goes to the house. I, what did she, she found something. Did she find that suitcase? Or the she suitcase. Found the suitcase. The and then she's like, oh my gosh. She was like, Patrick, Ricky. <gasps> oh my Ricky. gosh, it's my dad. Because, yeah, Mary's briefcase with all of uh, the Virginia's, not only the the results, but also the book that she first started typing that had all the secrets. So that's when Kit was like, Dad? Yeah, because Mary came to him, right, and was like, hey, I know that you are blah, blah, blah. Remember at the beginning of the book, uh, it said that there's some mysterious girl that went to see... uh, Kit's dad. The girlfriend. The girlfriend that he doesn't want me to know about. It was Mary. So they were in the same house together, which is pretty <laughs> insane crazy. to me. Well, how did you guys feel about the reveal? You guys said that it was just a little too much at that point. I thought so. I thought that's when I was like, okay, like these are this is too many plot twists. Like I don't even know what's happening anymore. But I think it was a good plot twist. I liked the dad reveal better than I liked the sister reveal, I think. Okay. Because the sister reveal It was good. It was just so confusing for a long time. And so when it was the dad reveal that he was the one that had killed Mary and he was the infamous Ricky, I was like, it was way easier for me to like put those together and actually picture him doing that. I don't know. I thought it could have been better because there was no like... I guess there was kind of a confrontation, but then as soon as she gets back to the house, that whole thing is also a big mess. Right. (laughs) Yeah, because the dad's gone. And so she's like, oh, my God, my dad is Ricky. He is on his way to see the sisters and probably fucking kill one of them. So that's when she is on her way back to the house. Carter, Carter, I'm sorry. You're not a murderer. (laughs) And then doesn't find him, ends up getting back to the house. And yeah, she ends up, I think she ends up finding. He has like his hands around Virginia's neck, no? Like strangling her or about to? No, she finds the sister first. And she's like, hey, my dad is coming because she had already pieced together that Kit's dad was Ricky. And so Mm -hmm. she's Uh. like, hey, my dad's on his way. And her eyes like go wide. And she's like, oh, fuck. Like, but she can't speak. So obviously Kit's like, I'm going to move you a little bit out of view. And I'm going to hide in this little closet. (laughs) (laughs) And the dad straight away enters the room and is like, Virginia. There you are. (laughs) Her legs are sticking out. That's why he finds her. (laughs) She just looks like a porcelain doll in the corner. Well, because it's Virginia's idea. It says in the book that she glares at a corner, like behind the, I don't know, behind a piece of furniture. And she's like, put me there. And Kit's like, I'll put you there. And then Kit goes and hides. And as Kit is hiding, she could see Virginia. And she just thinks to herself, that's a bad hiding spot. And then... (laughs) Immediately, the dad comes and just picks her up. Then Kit comes out with the... Doesn't... She's got the corkscrew, right? Still? No. She put it on the nightstand for some reason. When she finds that Virginia's Mm. still alone, she puts it on the nightstand, which I knew was going to come back, and she picks up Virginia to put her in the bad hiding spot. Right, right. I don't know. That's when uh, the dad starts choking Virginia with his sausage fingers. (laughs) (laughs) With her one good hand. Virginia takes the corkscrew and just jabs it in him. Yeah, and it doesn't do anything. He's he's just kind of bleeding is what it seems like. I have a question. How old was Miss Baker when Lenora was 17? Like 20? Okay, so she wasn't that much older than her. No, she was she was pretty young. Okay, okay. What's also insane is while all of this is happening, um the house is crumbling. This is the part where I was like, what the hell? I mean, from the very beginning when they mentioned it like that the house was falling i was like okay i know by the end of the book it's yeah but the the weird (laughs) like i just pictured 
like a shot from outside, like the the final ending, who survives? Kit and Virginia are like outside looking into the open doorway, and it's just her dad and Lenora in there, like just staring, like ah. <laughs> and then it just crumbles around them. <laughs> yeah, they're sitting on the stairs together like, yeah, we're kind of fucked up. Let's just die with this house, I guess. And they hold hands right before dying. Yes. Like you could have walked outside. You could have been fine. We could talk about this re- we could talk about this later. You guys are being emotional right now. Let's take a deep breath. <laughs> you guys still have time to make up for your mistakes. Come outside. And they're like, "No, we're going to die with this house." So poetic. Cuz Ricky's like, "Well, Technically, I'm a murderer, so it's either jail or dying by crumbling home into the sea. I'm going to take the sea. And yeah, Lenora's whole thing is like, I had my chance to live. Now I'm going to give it to Virginia. And it's like, gee, thanks. You waited until she was fucking like 70 years old to let her start living in her 20s. Didn't even let her watch TV. I know. That's fucked up. Oh, and... Uh, Kit's dad is the one that killed her mom and just let her live in that guilt. Yes, yes. For six months. That was reveal number 12, yeah. I was like, dude, you're a piece of shit. You could, like, he says, yeah, if I told you, then I probably would have, he said, I would have turned myself in if they had actually arrested you, but they didn't, so I just let it sit for a bit. Sorry, daughter. (laughs) Also gonna give you the silent treatment because I can't stand to look at your face because I'm that guilty. (laughs) Yeah, what an awful man. So Kit, Kit was her mom's caregiver when she was going through some sort of sickness, disease. I forget what she had. It wasn't, it was a cancer. I think it might have been a form of cancer, but basically she had to take these pills and one night Kit accidentally left the pills out for her mom and then the next day the mom was dead by overdose. And so everyone was like, you did that on purpose, you let your mom commit suicide, but like really that means that you killed her because you let this happen and like that's all messed up. But then we find out from her dad that yes, Kit technically did forget to leave the pills out, but the dad and the mom found them, chatted, and she was like, hubby, I want to die. And hubby was like, then you die, girl. You die. Here are these pills. And the mom was like, just num, 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 took all of them. And the dad was like, it was really great knowing you and being married to you. Here's all this fentanyl. Yeah. That's just like Riley Sager's part, or I think that's how he's just trying to make an antagonist come with some empathy, right? Or like you, for you to empathize with the antagonist, like what would you right. that, you do in that situation? Your uh, loving wife is in so much pain, is le- is killing them really, is like, you know, it's basically putting her down. And what would you do? Yeah. What happened to Jesse? That was her name, right? <laughs> She just dipped, yeah. <laughs> she like hid a message in one of the audiobooks for Virginia, right? Because she she Not found out that she found out that it was <laughs> that it was like the sister or whatever. Jesse knew the whole time. She also knew that Virginia was being a little faker. She was being a little fake hoe. She slipped <laughs> into the audio. By the way, I know that you can move. You're not fooling me. Uh, yeah. I know that you can walk. I know that you can talk. Like, let's what's what's going on here, girly. And then that's when Virginia reveals later to Kit, like, oh, yeah, all the talking and stuff you heard at night, all creepy like, that was me and Jesse shooting the shit. And Kit's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he was like, the FTI. <laughs> they all could have been kicking it together. <laughs> that, the ending, I was just so mad at because. So Virginia goes to live with Kit and Kit is like showing her, oh, look at the TV. Look at all of these modern things that are going on in the world that you missed, right? And then one day Kit comes home. Virginia's gone. She sees what? Is it like a letter or something? And Virginia's like, hey, girl, sorry I didn't tell you, but I can walk and talk and Jessie is my granddaughter. So, (laughs) And we peaced out to Europe. Have a good life. Thanks for giving me a home and saving me. Jesse being her granddaughter was another twist. And that's what Virginia says in her <laughs> note to Kit is she's like, oh, yeah, Jesse and I are going to like go to Europe on like a little girly trip. But then she leaves the address for where she's going. And she's like, also, like, come meet up, though. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't we make this plan together? Exactly. They could have. She wanted to be dramatic. She was so dramatic. I mean... She left while Kit was 
taking a shower. I don't know how long these showers are, but if a 69-year-old woman, after not moving for 54 years, could just get up, get out the window, and leave, that's a long shower. Part of the reason why they were going to Europe in the first place was because Virginia got into contact with the real Miss Baker, who fled with her son. I think we find out that it was a, it was a son, right? It was a boy. It was, it was a, son. a son. Her and Jesse fly to Europe to meet up with Mrs. Baker so she can meet her son, but then she finds out her son died. Died of illness. Marcel was his name. Yeah, Marcel. As I'm writing this, as I'm writing this letter, it's from the top, <laughs> the top floor of this Parisian hotel. I have a wonderful view of the Eiffel Tower. Darling, I'm sorry I didn't tell you. I was afraid that you'd be angry with me. However, here's the address. Come meet me. X-O-X-O-X-O. Gossip girl. Dude, if I was a kid, I'd be like, what the fuck? I would be so mad. And then she becomes super famous. Yeah, it's a book. The little news uh, thing at the end. Yeah, Yeah, we're talking about the book and all... It's crazy. It's just like uh, Virginia Hope dead at 101 or some shit like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because she was being she was being interviewed on some talk show like about her book. And they're like, David Letterman. <laughs> how did it how did it feel that you were like pretending not to move or talk for so many years? And she's like, yo, it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wild. Virginia could have escaped so many times. So many. Why? What was the reason? That makes me think that if the if the if Hope's end was really crumbling and if push comes to shove, would Virginia have just gone up and ran? <laughs> <laughs> she she refused to move even even when whenever Kit globe. like had the snow globe yeah. and she just let it break. Really committed to the bit. She would have she would have just been sitting there and then she's like looking around like, oh fuck. Is the house about to crumble? I feel like the only reason why she kept up that facade of like not being able to move and everything, if she did, let's say one day, just get up and run out of that house, I feel like she would have been scared that the real Lenora would have tracked her ass down and like gotten rid of her. That's true. Because then that would have cut Lenora's, you know, redo at life short. So... I I do get it. And maybe was she like printed on newspapers as being Lenora Hope as well? So they would have been like, oh my gosh, this murderous old woman. Well, and her story needed to come out the way it did, which is why she was banking on Mary to go tell it to the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it makes sense. You just kind of have to sit on it a little bit. You kind of have to study or just really rearrange <laughs> your frontal lobe to kind of be like, all right, Lenora's Virginia. Ricardo's not Ricky. Ricky is uh, Zaddy. And Ricardo's gay with uh, Archie. And uh, Virginia didn't actually kill anyone, nor did Lenora. So Wild. So then that being said, <laughs> Rose, has talking it through changed your mind a little bit? Or are you still like, this book is mid? <laughs> I didn't say it was mid. Just I didn't enjoy. I think talking it through, the timeline makes maybe more sense but i still am like i i wouldn't reread this i would recommend you know for maybe first time thriller mystery readers like Mm -hmm. it's interesting enough um to read it and if there's so many plot twists that it's like oh my gosh this is crazy type of thing so i would say i would recommend it but i still I don't know. Some some of the little diary entries and things were just getting repetitive for me. And I was like, I didn't enjoy my time as much as I wanted to. So then what would you rate this book? Um, I think I still rated it pretty highly. I rated it a three. You think that's high? That's at, let's at above average. It's a little above average. I enjoyed it enough and I liked it enough because I do like the whole vibe that it gave, like the Lizzie Borden stuff. Gothic. Yeah, very gothic. I liked the setting of it. But it's not my favorite. I still agree with Rose. I feel like the middle felt very repetitive and I was super bored. And then towards the end, it got a little better. But I also gave it three stars. I would recommend it, like she said, but it didn't really hit home for me. I gave it a four. I was confused a little bit towards the end, but I 
you know, I did love all the, okay, maybe not all of the plot twists, but (laughs) I did. Yeah. I liked a majority of them. I think they could have maybe been spread out a little bit better, but just how fast paced the ending was where it was just like, jam, 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 you know, like it was just kind of crazy. Um, and I did love the whole buildup for the beginning. So yeah, I definitely rated it a four and would recommend. Maybe not to someone that was just looking for like a funny, silly, goofy time or like even just <laughs> like for someone that is not looking for a complicated time, like an easy read, I would not recommend this to that person. But mm-hmm. if they were looking for something kind of like you said, Rose, just very plot twisty, what the heck is going on? Then yes. Um, well, since I have low standards and uh, I like to enjoy life and I'm very simple, um, I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5 because uh, <gasps> I Damn. it was a good read. It was a good reintroduction back into literature. I mean, <laughs> and I did like the typewriter entries that were intermittently spread throughout the book. I like I was fine with that. Um, I thought that it was clever in many ways that in those entries, she never did specify that her sister was uh in fact lenora she only said my sister so in terms of like mystery uh and keeping me on my toes and keeping me surprised it worked um it would have been a five out of five if there are about like 20 less plot twists just if they could just tone it down a little bit and i like how he does a lot of dual timelines as well he'll either have like flashbacks or like diary entries or things like that and I do like the the length of the chapters and like you read one chapter about Kit and then the next one is going to be the typewriting or, you know, so I think that helped with the pacing. I do like t- dual timelines in books. I think it makes it more interesting. I'm pissed that no one kissed. It's not a romance, Lauren. There doesn't have to be romance in every book. There should have been one kiss. Um, She was having sex with that 20, 20 year old. Across the street, Kenny. Kenny, they kissed. Well, well, he kind of went straight into it. They never went into a scene. They just said that they did it, but like... Not you wanting smut in this book. Where's where's Please. the talk of her hand running up his length? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um... Why did you say that? Why did you say that? Wrong genre. Oh my God. Yo, we need to have Christian read a smut book. <laughs> oh Honestly, God. I'm down. I've had so many people like... Um, my fiance's friends, they read a lot, they read a lot of smut. Um, and they're just like, Hey, Christian, read this excerpt. And then I read a piece of this excerpt and I had to go take a shower afterwards. Because <laughs> this shit, they use words like throbbing, moist. Oh yeah. A lot of metaphors. Oh my gosh. It's a lot. They say, I'm so sorry to say this word, but you guys have already read smut. In the last excerpt I read, she said, the writer says, Swollen clitoris. In my Ice Planet Barbarians books, they call that the third nipple. Okay. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> what? Third nipple? No, there are only two nipples. We have to get you on for monster smut. We have oh, to read a monster yeah. smut. Yes. With tentacles. Not that, please. You know how I feel about the tentacles, guys. You know how I feel about the tentacles. <laughs> tentacles. They're so good. The tentacles Don't are so good. <laughs> Where do the tentacles go, Rose? Where do you think? Somewhere near the third nipple? Yeah. <laughs> Why does why do we have to read about it? Uh, I mean, I guess it's good for the imagination, but I mean, do it for our listeners. I'll do it. No, if you guys want to do smart, I would gladly, I would gladly come back into your podcast. It has to be super weird. I'll do some recon. Have no fear. I'm fine with that. If if we have to do something weird, I'm I'll get down with oh, it. Oh, we're doing it. I won't get down with it, but like you know, like I'll. I'll <laughs> You heard it here first, guys. Christian is getting down with it. <laughs> I'm not going to get down with it. Does anyone else have any other notes from this book? It was a journey. It truly was a journey. Well, as long as we all came to the consensus that we would recommend this book. So even for the listeners that are like, but you guys spoiled everything. There is still so many details that we weren't even able to touch. So many flashbacks and like little yeah. things that it would still, in my opinion, be worth the read. Highly recommend. I'm going to let um, some coworkers borrow this book now that I'm done <gasps> with it. Mm-hmm. Reading the joy of reading. Yeah, once again, thank you for reintroducing me to literature. So You're so welcome. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Buddy old pal. Yeah, of course. And if uh, if I'm ever in Vegas again, all of you guys are in Vegas because you guys all work together. Um, and I bring my podcast equipment. 
come do an episode of my podcast. Would love to have you guys on. <gasps> okay. Sounds good. And then we'll schedule it on a day that Lauren's unavailable. So I only have Rose and uh, Carlos on. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. <laughs> she will not be inviting you back. <laughs> it has been a treat. It has just been so fun. It's always a treat. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. You know I love you. Boop, boop, boop. Love you too. Who would have thought we'd get along? I know. We're real life friends. That's nice. Anyways, Mr. Carlos, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Kingsum of Books. And aren't you also going to start doing some YouTube streaming? I might possibly start streaming on YouTube some gaming. Nice. Exciting. Yeah. You can find me um, on Instagram and YouTube at Flower Reads A Lot. Um, maybe you'll see a video. Maybe you'll see a post. Who knows? <laughs> Same. Um, you could also find me on YouTube maybe some someday again. It's been a while, but read anything good is going to be my handle for YouTube. And then for Instagram, it is Lauren H. Writes. And I just kind of do all sorts of bookish concert lifestyle, I guess, things. So, yeah. And Christian. Where can people find you and your wonderful podcast? Um, you could follow my personal page where I post some silly things. Uh, that's at Christian Has Asthma. I truly do have asthma. Wow. <laughs> if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow the podcast at ICBTB Podcast. That is the handle for all social media. You could uh, find it on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. I work really hard on the YouTube videos. Um, or listen to us uh, on any uh, podcatcher that you listen to podcasts on. Or uh, if you want to check out the website, that's icbtb.com. Uh, it all stands for It Can't Be That Bad. Uh, every now and then we defend bad movies or we just shoot the shit and do some improv because uh, we're... Silly goofy. Silly, silly gooses. Well, that's it. I've got to go sit in a house as it crumbles <laughs> and die. <laughs> Horrible way to end it. Can you not? <laughs> and die.